And we're back. This is the OMN Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sandberg. Thanks so much for joining us here for episode number three. Got a great one for you today. Our guest today is the sports director at WOWK 13 News in Charleston, South Carolina. It's Cassidy Wood. Cassidy, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Cassidy. Great to hear from you. Excited to, to have you on the podcast. I know it's a super busy time for you right now, so I appreciate you taking time to be here. How are things uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, they're good, man. Our weather over here has been so crazy, though. It's, you know, up and down. It's We live kind of in the mountains, so it's sunny some days, and then it's, you know, like rainy and gross others and so it's just it's been trying to deal with that out in the field shooting is is rough but we we deal with it <laughs> yeah you know you, you make it work you got to use whatever you can and, and deal with the weather when you're out there have you gotten to the point where you've wrapped a plastic shopping bag around your camera yet when you're shooting in the rain <laughs> yeah i actually have a funny story about that last week so we have a professional baseball league that's here uh, in the city and last week I was there shooting a game and it's funny because once it starts to rain everybody kind of knows oh my gosh you know look for cover because it's going to start torrential downpouring and I look at uh, the camera guy for channel three who's our competition but we're buddies <laughs> um, but I look at him and I'm like hey man I don't know if this weather's going to hold up and then like immediately it started downpouring and I went running into like a storage closet with him trying to like hide our cameras from the rain. And we found trash bags in there. So we ended up having to wrap them in the trash bags and just sprint to our cars. And it was, uh, yeah, it was rough. I've, I've definitely used a lot of trash bags over the years. But did it work? Did you get the shots you needed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's actually a funny picture of me. I uh, climbed up on a dumpster to try to get a really cool shot of the rain down on the field. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, you have to share that with yeah. me. I'd love to see it. Oh yeah. I'll send it to you. You got, you got to make it work, whatever you can. Well, Cassidy, uh, first off, I want to offer you congratulations, uh, because, uh, for the last couple months now, uh, you have been the sports director at 13 news. Uh, congratulations. How are you feeling about, about this gig and tell us how that came about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's been a dream still. I mean, I, I wake up every day and I'm literally doing my dream job. And, you know, it was kind of a long shot to begin with um, getting this position because, you know, as, as you probably already know, there there really aren't a whole lot of female sports directors across the country, but more so not a whole lot of young female sports directors across the country. So to be 27 years old and a sports director in a mid-sized market is pretty insane. Um, and it was a far-fetched idea. I mean, you know, I was a news reporter here at this station. And when the sports director left um, and, and moved closer, closer to home down in Lexington, um, I went ahead and, and applied. But, you know, my news director was honest with me. He was like, you know, Cass, we're, we're looking at an older male. I'm just going to be honest. We want someone to come in with at least 10 years of experience. We're trying to really, you know, ha ha build this up. Our our competition is Channel 3 and 8, and, uh, and they both have, like, you know, older men as sports directors who's, who have been here for years and years and years. And so they wanted something like that. But that's kind of what I pitched in my interview was, look, we need to be different. 
And the way we're going to be different is by hiring a young female. And furthermore, how we can be different is I have a bunch of young ideas. Like in our competition, they don't really use like social media that often. They don't use Twitter that often. And, you know, we have such an opportunity to reach a younger audience. And like here, a lot of our audience is obviously parents and, you know, people who are local and what do they want to watch? They want to watch their kids on TV. So I just kind of went into the interview. Uh, I was pretty nervous, but I went in with a bunch of ideas and I basically forced them to say yes. And then <laughs> uh, next thing I knew, they offered me a contract. So yeah, wow. congratulations. <laughs> and you meant you mentioned this during uh, during your answer there that for so long sports and especially local sports has been such a boys club for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a young woman, as a sports director now and being a sports anchor kind of leading up to this. Uh, what is that experience like uh, when, you know, you don't have as many contemporaries in this field as, say, a, you know, an older man would that's been sports director for 10, 15 years? Yeah, I mean, thankfully out here, I don't really feel a whole lot of judgments. I mean, like I was saying earlier to you, I think off air, but, you know, these people out here have really just opened their arms and welcomed me into this community. So I on the local level, I haven't really experienced it a whole lot. There, there has been, there was actually one experience where, uh, I, it was kind of like, whoa, what? Cause, uh, <laughs> basically to sum it up, I was at a baseball game. It was a media day and, um, I was, we were getting shots of the team and stuff. And, you know, it was, they were putting it on for us, for the media and to get publicity and stuff. And I started, we started shooting the team, but for whatever reason, they, you know, put the team with their backs to the sun. And it was the photographer that did it. Nobody with the organization at all. Um, but I asked the photographer, I was like, hey, is, is there a certain reason we put their backs to the sun? Can we maybe, you know, turn them around? And the response I got was uh, definitely not <laughs> not very appropriate. So, um, like, do you even know how to shoot? That kind of thing. So, you know, and oh, thankfully, wow. though, my, my Channel 3 and Channel 8, I had two sports guys with me that there, and they actually, you know, looked at me like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know, man. And I was like, well, I got what I needed. Are you guys done? And they were like, yeah. And it was actually really cool. They walked off with me, and the organization uh, actually reached out and were like, hey, you guys kind of left in a hurry. I was like, yeah, well, your photographer there was not very nice, so... You know, I mean, I will say, like, on the local level, at least here, it's not that bad. Like, that's one instance, and like I said, the other two guys really stuck up for me, but I just, I, it's also because I'm just in a great place, and I just feel very blessed to to be here, because I just, I haven't really felt that, you know? What advice would you give to uh, a young woman out there who is interested in getting a career as a local sports reporter or sports anchor? take any job you can to get your foot in the door. I, the job that I took when I graduated from Oregon state was a photog job in market 141 in Southeast Texas. And it was literally a camera guy. (laughs) And I, uh, but I just, I was so hungry to get into the industry. I, I had been graduated for two months at this point, which I know doesn't sound long, but 
I'm a workhorse. I mean, I work, I love working. I work a ton and, uh, I just, I wanted to get my feet wet so bad. So I literally took a photog job in Beaumont, Texas. And thankfully I went down there and I just worked my butt off. I turned packages, you know, um, on my own time and showed them to my news director. I just tried so hard to get on air. And after like two, three months, uh, they finally put me on air. And, uh, and then after that, you know, it was just kind of history. I just kept working so hard and, you know, with my end goal always in sight that I wanted to do sports and, um, and thankfully, you know, I got there, but I will say just don't get discouraged too, because unfortunately a lot of this industry is luck and timing. I mean, I got so lucky that I had only been here for a year, like a year and three months and the current sports director was leaving. I mean, that's, you know, that never happens. Like you said, usually sports directors are guys that have been around for forever. Like, you know, they're not going to go anywhere until they retire. So it's very, very hard to get a job. And I just got very lucky. So just don't get discouraged and keep fighting. <laughs> so speaking of that sports director job, what is a typical day in the life like as a sports director? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, your days never end. <laughs> I mean, quite literally, I am working when I'm not working. My roommate said it best. She's like, you are on the phone more than anybody. And I'm like, I know, because, you know, you have a lot of people that are pulling at you. I mean, it's not, I mean, it got sound so bad, but <laughs> it's not bad, but you just, you do. You have a lot of people pulling at you between your management at work, between you know, the sales department, because they want to sell ads with, you know, your sports stuff and with Friday night football. And I mean, like, for instance, it's only June, and I already have them coming to me and asking for a Friday night for a football schedule for the fall, you know, and it doesn't start for three months. But and I have to juggle that in the meantime, with dealing with, you know, the daily turns and producing my own show and stuff. But um, basically, a day in the life, I guess we could describe it that way. But um Yesterday, I came into work early because I actually, I knew that it was raining and so baseball was going to be wiped out and I needed something to cover and it's June, so it's kind of hard finding stuff. <laughs> so I came in early and uh, and went out to Jackson County and um, did a story on a dirt racetrack out there uh, <laughs> And I was there from like noon. I left here at about 10 a.m., got out there about noon, uh, shot that story and aired like a teaser of it in my six. Um, and then while I was on that story, I got a phone call from our executive director of high school sports saying, hey, Cass, I just wanted to tip you off that we have a kid racing in the finals of the 100 meter dash on two prosthetic legs he's a double amputee i was like oh my gosh we need to get that so literally while i'm on one story i'm calling my uh news director and i'm saying hey we need to get someone over to the state track meet there's a kid it's a great story so i'm sending him over there then i'm driving back here grabbing you know all that video i edit my own stuff i produce my own sports cast and write all my own scripts and then um I get ready and go out and do the show. And then after my six o'clock show, I edited like a longer package of that dirt racetrack for my 11 o'clock show. Cause I get an extra minute at 11. And that extra minute makes all the so, difference. 
Oh my gosh, I know. Well, it really does because if you think about it, and this is a learning curve that uh, I've kind of been figuring out with sports, especially. It's like people. It's kind. It's it's about quality. Don't get me wrong, but people want to see quantity. They want to see you mentioning as many different things as you can. So I went from doing like forty second stories to like 20 second stories i'm like oh today nick saban signed a new three-year contract it's worth 8.245 million dollars per year and then you know on to the next thing like (laughs) so you learn uh different techniques and styles as you go but with sports it's just it's information overload sometimes (laughs) Uh, do you have other sports reporters on your team that you're managing and also sending out on stories I do. So, and thank God for him, man, because, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this job is a big job. But, yeah, so my number two is Jake Siegel. He, uh, he's the best. He's a workhorse. He will work any day that you need him to work. And, um, you know, he's our weekend sports anchor. So he anchors on the weekends. And then three days a week, he's my sports reporter. So, you know, I can send him to get highlights or if he wants to do a, a cool story on somebody, he can go do that. Um, and the biggest, that's, you know, honestly been a learning curve for me as well. I mean, I'm 27 years old and I'm the head of a sports department. And yeah, it's only two people, but I'm still technically the supervisor for somebody else. And uh, so that's been a learning curve too, learning how to manage people, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So what's been scheduling is the worst, I will say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You've got vacation requests coming in and you've got to figure out coverage ahead of time. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's insane. What's been the response from your viewers or your followers on social media? Because you've, you've brought these new ideas to the station. You've tried to highlight a lot of different sports and use social media. What's been the response from your viewers to what you've brought to the table? So... It has been truly incredible. Our, our numbers, our ratings, both on broadcast and digital, have been so up. Like, literally since I got the job, my digital uh, manager told me the other day that I was, quote, killing it. And that literally <laughs> our numbers have skyrocketed since. And I notice it when I'm out in the public, too. And it was really cool on opening night for our professional uh, baseball league here. I, you know, I obviously went to get highlights and I'm not even kidding. I had probably like four different viewers come up to me and say, you know, Hey, you're doing a great job. And one guy said, surely your guys' ratings have had a skyrocket since you got that position. And I think they just, you know, enjoy seeing someone who looks different, you know, has a different style. Cause like I said, you know, I'm more energetic. I'm trying to go quick and um, I just, I, and, and then obviously with social media and, and all of that as well, they're, uh, yeah, they're definitely noticing our, our web numbers have been up, up, up. So it's been great. <laughs> My sales department loves it. Good. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, Keep bringing it I in. I know. <laughs> Over the last year, you know, you've been doing the sports director job for, for three months now, and, and you were working uh, in the sports department, obviously, prior to that. Over the last year during the pandemic, how has that affected what you do on a day-to-day basis in terms of gathering stories and going out and reporting on things? Wow. This, so <laughs> this is a great question because 
So I was actually a news reporter during the entire pandemic because I got this role in March. So I think the question should be, how was it covering a news reporter? And let me tell you, stressful, very, very, very stressful. First of all, you know, I did have to go work from home for about two months. Um, having to bring a live view into my home and, you know, I wasn't, I didn't care so much. You see a lot of people in the industry talking about how it was terrible having to bring people into their home instead of, you know, being in, in other people's homes because it just, you felt like you never left work and it, it was just kind of invasive. I, I didn't really feel it on that level. Um, but I will say it was really on the technical side of things, really stressful trying to edit your story and make sure it gets back in time for slot. And, you know, you might, your internet might not be the best at home. And it, you know, it was, it was pretty stressful that way. We had to, you know, every day we would have our editorial meetings. We have one in the morning and one in the afternoon, but with everybody working from home, we would have to do conference calls and zoom meetings. And that was stressful. And, so that period was rough. Um, and then just the job itself. I mean, you know, in the beginning there, when we didn't really know what COVID was, uh, you had a lot of like what we talk about mask anxiety. Like you didn't know if you, if you were supposed to wear one or you shouldn't. And I will say over here, it's a little bit more conservative-minded people, and especially when it started becoming a political issue instead of a public health issue, which mm -hmm. blew my mind. Um, <laughs> when that started happening, you know, it, it was just like, okay, well, I don't want to be shamed for showing up with a mask on and, like, having an eight-foot pole with my microphone taped on the end <laughs> and make it look like, you know, it's crazy when it's not. And so there was a lot of, like, trying to figure it out but what we learned is you just gotta literally roll with the punches because i mean if you try to think about it too much it would just stress you out and so you just kind of had to roll with the punches and um you know like if a facility required a mask or whatever obviously you wore one and um yeah i mean it was it was a tough time, though, I will say, but uh, my experience, like I say, in Beaumont just really prepared me for all that because my second week on the job in Beaumont was Hurricane Harvey. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, I was thrown into it pretty aggressively. We, uh, I worked like probably 80 hour weeks that week. We, well, we were sleeping at the station because it turned into an island and we had cots like up in the sales department and stuff. Uh, and we would sleep on those up in the sales offices cause we couldn't leave. And I remember one night, you know, we got back, it was two in the morning and we were teamed up in teams of two. And then we had a camera guy with us and, uh, we got back at like two in the morning and my buddy Elaine and I were like, dude, I want to go to bed. I'm so tired, dude. Like, we need to go to bed. So we went upstairs and tried to go lay on one of the cots. And my news director comes running in two hours later at four in the morning. Get up, get up, get up. Port Arthur's under underwater. I need you to get out there now. Like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. So when I say my news director cared a lot about the job, he cared a lot about the job. And he made <laughs> everybody else 
care about the job too, though, which was great. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I was thrown into it. I covered Hurricane Harvey and then a World Series. Um, and trying to do live shots in a crowd of three million people is not easy. So, <laughs> so I, and it probably helps to have a news director that was so passionate like that because you – had just graduated college a few months earlier. You've moved to Beaumont, Texas. And the second Mm -hmm. week you're there is a hurricane and you are out covering it as, as as a young person in that experience in your first professional job, how difficult was that? And, and was there ever a moment where you were like, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, like maybe I should do, go, go try working somewhere else. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Like, not to get all serious or whatever, but um, that was also, so it was my second week on the job. That Saturday, because I worked on that, well, everybody worked every day that week. I mean, literally Monday through Sunday. Um, that Saturday, I'll never forget it was a Saturday. Uh, my assignment desk lady was like, hey, Cass, I need you to head out to Port Arthur. They're, they're, it's the first Harvey death. They, they found a body and I need you to head out there. She was like, don't worry about it though. They typically don't call alert the media until either the body's been transported or um, it's already, you know, they're, they're keeping it where it is for investigation and whatnot. So I didn't expect to see anything or anything like that. Well, here I am like, you know, a freaking what, 22, 23 year old, just fresh out of college, like second week on the job. It's a hurricane. I head down there, and uh, I started trying to get video of this house where, you know, she was found, and uh, Channel 12 showed up, the reporter from Channel 12, and we were we were buddies, and uh, he was like, man, I can't believe this is actually taking lives, and I was like, I know, this is so crazy, and, um, you know, I, I was like, do you know her name, and he was like, no, I don't know yet, and I was like, well, let's go around and ask neighbors and see if we can find a little bit out about her. And, um, you know, so we started going separately because we're competing stations, but, um, <laughs> and started like door knocking and, and trying to find out about this woman. And that only kind of made it worse because the neighbors were telling me these wonderful stories about her and how, you know, she was just this, this elderly woman who just did not want to leave her home they apparently had water on their street that was like seven feet high. And uh, so they had to get rescued on boats. And when they pulled up to her house to try to rescue her, like she wouldn't, she just wouldn't go in the boat. And so they had to leave her because they had to rescue, you know, more people and get those people to shore and come back and get more. And they would ask her, she even said, they they would ask her every time they drove past, are you sure you don't want to get rescued? She's like, no, I want to stay with my house. Well, they found her, you know, drowned in her home. And um, so we're taking video. Well, in the back of the house, we're taking video in the back where the ambulance is. And they wheeled her out in a body bag, like on the, and, you know, we didn't expect to see that. And we had heard all these stories about her and um, the not to get too graphic, but the body bag was open a little bit. And so it was my first dead body that I saw. And it was just uh, very jarring and alarming. And I just was so sad and I just felt so bad for this woman and these people. And 
you know, I got in the car and I just started crying, like sobbing. And I think it was also just the pinnacle because, like I said, it was Saturday. I think it was just kind of the pinnacle of that week, uh, just all of these emotions that I was bottling up. Because when you're on the job, you don't really have time to, like, process what's happening. So when you're on a high-water lifted vehicle with the National Guard going door-to-door rescuing people, like, you don't realize what's actually happening and that these people are being rescued because they could have died. Like, you don't think about that. And you're just going through the motions. But then in that moment, it was just like, wow, like, this is real. These people's lives are ruined. Like, their homes are devastated. And it's every like... It was so devastating for our area. Like, Houston got it bad, but Beaumont got it so bad. I mean, so, so bad. And so it was just, I just was sobbing, and I literally called my mom, and I was in between, like, sobbing, saying, I don't know if I can do this. I I want to do sports, <laughs> first of all. I, I want to do happy things. I want to, you know, tell stories of kids that have gone from nothing and made something of themselves. I don't want to talk about this. Like, this sucks. And, you know, I was just crying. And my mom said, Cass, you know, you're there for a reason. And I truly believe that. And, I mean, you know, here I am, 27, as a sports anchor in prime time. So I can't really, uh, (laughs) I can't really knock those experiences. But, it, uh, yeah, that moment was, so my, to answer your question in, in a very long-winded way, the second week on the job, I definitely questioned it. No, I can't even can't even imagine um, a situation like that, uh, and yeah. how that that is so difficult to to be in that situation, to be in your first job, second week, straight out of college, um, and have to cover stories like that and, and see things like that. That is really difficult, um, and so I'm glad you're doing okay uh, and. One thing that I remember from my time as a reporter, this is many years ago now, is at the time, there wasn't a lot of support for reporters' mental health, especially when covering things that were very traumatic, like death. Um, I don't know if that has changed in the years since I have been a reporter or if it hasn't, you know, where where you go as a reporter to help deal with those emotions, you know, when you're encountering these very difficult topics and these very difficult, you know, visuals, how, how you cope and where you go to, to seek help from that. Yeah. I mean, I will say, uh, you know, it is 2021 now. And so like, just, I'm, and by that, I mean that like people are very, very open about mental health and the stigma is not, um, there as much as it used to be, um, you know, we, we've taught, we're constantly addressing the serious issue of, of mental health. And I think companies on a corporate level have taken that subject very seriously as well. Um, actually after hurricane Harvey, it was about, I want to say a month after, um, obviously Harvey never really ended <laughs> during my whole two years there. Uh, it came in, you know, two weeks in, and then two years later, we were still talking about Harvey recovery stories. So it never really ended. But a month after the storm ended, uh, we did, Sinclair, the company I worked for at the time, uh, did bring in a bunch of therapists. It was like, I think two counselors, and they set up in like different rooms. Um, and they were there for like, I think like two weeks. Uh just there for anybody to come in and talk um, about Harvey or about 
what's been going on. And uh, so that was really nice. That was really nice. But I will say, too, um, with that stigma not being there as much anymore, it's not that there that much amongst your coworkers as well. And I think it's been a good thing for our industry because, you know, our industry is so competitive. It is so competitive. And sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, drag drag so racing going on down your street. I know. Like, what is going on? We live in a suburbia. Like, what? But, um, oh, I forget where I was. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, that stigma of uh, seeking help for your mental health. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, our industry is very competitive. And sadly, you know, you run into some people who... Um, would try to bring you down in order to lift them up type of thing. But I think when you're faced with something, something traumatic like Harvey, uh, it really brought our newsroom together. And my assignment desk person said it best. She was like, I feel like there's just this bond now between all of us. That is like, you can't explain it. And it's so true. I mean, like a year later, a year after Harvey, you know, a lot of people sign two-year, three-year contracts. So every year, people leave. And, you know, a year into my contract, we probably had half of the newsroom was different. And my assignment desk person said that to me. She was like, I just feel like, you know, these new people came in and they're, they're going to go out and tell these Harvey recovery stories, but it's not the same. And it's just, I don't know, I feel like we just all have this bond. And, and it's so true. And so... Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you have a solid news team, which, you know, is hard to find, I'm not knocking that. I was very, very lucky to have the news team I did down there and the one I have here. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say that's kind of how, you know, we cope with some of the, some, some of the tougher stories and obviously having a really strong family. I mean, my family has put up with so much i mean i can't tell you how many nights i've called my mom crying about something you know so uh she has definitely been a big rock in my family uh too so you just you you just talk to people and um don't bottle it up that's definitely important no 100 percent agree i'm glad that you've got that support and i'm glad that things are changing in the industry as well that's good to hear uh, oh yeah. Let's let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll talk more with Cassidy Wood. Let's talk about some fun stuff coming up after the break. We'll be right back on the All Night Alumni Podcast. And we're back with Cassidy Wood, sports director for WOWK 13 News. Cassidy, when did you know that you first wanted to be a sports reporter? <laughs> so a long time ago. It's actually really funny. Uh, I just kind of love TV always, and I always wanted to be a part of it um, or a part of something that was media related. My parents actually have videos of me when I was like nine and eight years old with an I, a fake IFB on my ear, and I'm just like reporting the news at you know <laughs> a very young age. And I've just always done that. I mean, in elementary school, we would have to do speeches, and like uh, I remember in fifth grade, my my teacher let us come up with a creative way of doing our speech. And you know, some kids 
made a video of them skateboarding while they're doing their speech or I don't know, something like that. But I, I did a news report. I mean, that was, <laughs> I thought that was the best, the coolest thing to do. And, um, so I've always just wanted to do that. I mean, I, I also, uh, you know, I'm a sports director and I think being able to manage as much as I do is also, uh, an important thing that I've, I've wanted to do, which is, it's weird. I, I didn't even really know I wanted to, but my family always says too, I mean, even at a young age, I would, I have a bunch of younger cousins and I would dictate, you know, direct shows and dictate them doing all of this. And as you know, I was a director, you know, at OMN. So I, I just, I've always, I think it always, it's always been within me, but it's kind of a funny story how I actually got into it in college because you know, like I said, I wanted to be a news reporter. Well, I thought the best degree I could get that would be transferable if I were to ever leave news and want to do something else would be a political science degree. Why? I don't know why <laughs> I thought that was like a good idea. But uh, so I entered as a freshman with actually a poli-sci degree. And my freshman advisor pulled me in her office and was like, cause I was not doing well. I'm just going to be honest, not doing well, hated it. Um, and she was like, all right, we need to figure something else out because this is not what you should be doing. And I was like, I just don't know what I want to do. You know, I'm 18 years old and you know, I, I, and I think it's so crazy that at 18, everybody thinks, you know, you should know what, what you want to do. That's just so crazy. But Anyway, we're sitting there talking and uh, she was like, well, what, what are you passionate about? What do you like? And I was like, well, I do love to write and I love to talk, as you can probably tell. Um, but I love to write. I love to talk. And she was like, well, what do you love to write about? What do you love to talk about? And I was like, I mean, honestly, like sports is just something that has always been in my life constantly. You know, my dad growing up was the football coach to my brother's little Pop Warner squad, like. And I just grew up around football and lacrosse, like lacrosse and, and basketball too was, was my sport. And like lacrosse was my sport and I played it since I was nine. And I just love the game. I love everything sports brings to kids. I mean, it just teaches you such important life lessons and you meet the best people through sports. And, you know, I just, I started talking about sports to my freshman advisor and she could see I was so passionate about it. And, uh, she was like, well, have you ever thought about sports journalism? And I was like, honestly, not really. And it, it was because like the first thing that came to mind when she said that was, uh, I don't think I would make it as that because you, you just think like, you know, of these people as such, you know, wow, that's a one in a million chance to get to that level and have that job and make a good life doing it, you know, and it's just, it seems so far-fetched, but she was like, well, let's just try it, you know, just try it, and I owe everything to that advisor because that's why I ended up going into sports journalism. I walked into OMN, I think that day, and fell in love with it. And I met a bunch of great people, you know, EJ and, and Polly and, you know, all of these great people. And I just got so excited and 
fully threw myself into it, you know. That's that's great. Uh, I, I love hearing that story and how you're able to, to use that passion and, and find that avenue for it. Because you did a little bit of everything in your time at OMN. I mean, you were doing sports reporting for TV and shooting video and writing and directing shows and sometimes even shows that had nothing to do with sports. Uh, what, <laughs> yeah. do you, what do you feel uh, in your time at OMN most prepared you for the professional job you're in now? I will say uh, in the day-to-day life, kind of what Brendan Keenan and I created there and Josh Warden and, and Brian Rathbone too, you know, we created a system there where every day one of us would go to practice, we would shoot highlights, we would go back to the station, edit the highlights, but also write a web story we would do social media and it was weird. Like the way that, that style of work and that workflow is literally what I do now. And so the way we develop that, because you know, now reporters don't just edit stories and, and go on TV at six o'clock and then their day's done. No, now you have to go back to the station. You have to write a web story. You have to publish it to the website and then publish it to social medias and, you know, there's there's all this digi- there's a whole digital side to the job now that wasn't there before, and I think having to do that and work with the website and the web and the digital side of the job at OMN really prepared me because you know a lot of people think that oh your all your job is is going out interviewing people, editing it, and then going on TV talking about it, and then your day's done. And that's not the case. I mean, digital now is half of your job. It's literally, it might even be more than that because it's something that is broadcast. I mean, it's media that people are seeing constantly. So you have to constantly be pushing out content. And, you know, they have a rule. You have to post to Twitter five times a day. You have to post to Twitter, or I mean, to Facebook three times a day, preferably five times a day. And it's like, there's these quotas that you have to meet on the digital side that, you know, I would have never thought about if it hadn't been for OMN and for us having to do the web stuff and all of that, you know. Cassidy, are there any times now when you're out on an assignment that you think back to something that you did at OMN or KBVR to either help you or inspire you in, into something you're working on at the moment? Yes, actually, and I have a better answer, actually, (laughs) Um, (laughs) that I just now thought of when you said that, and it's so true. So my, I think like my first story, it might have not been my first, but one of my first with OMN uh, that I did that was like a full package that, you know, I edited on, I I forget which one we used at OMN, if it was Premiere or whatever, but, um, or Final Cut Pro maybe, but it was Premiere. uh, The first Okay. Okay. Yeah. The first time I like actually opened that application and sat down and edited a story was I'm 99% sure the polar plunge. Yes. And I did not know that the polar plunge was something that everybody did. Like I just thought it was something that Oregon did for whatever reason. (laughs) And I was so clueless. But when I tell you that I every year when that comes up, because I've lived in Texas, I live over here, and every year there's a, some sort of polar plunge that comes up. 
I think about OMN 100% because I just giggle and I'm like, that was literally the first time I ever sat down and edited a, a story was that. It's so, it's it's so just, funny that you mentioned that particular story as being the first one because I remember that story and I remember seeing yeah. the process as you were editing it. I remember you showed me a couple of rough drafts and then I saw the finished one. And I remember thinking that this is really good. Like you did a good job of using that sound and you got good sound bites in there and you got the right angles to get the best video. And uh, right. I don't remember that being your first one. So the fact that you're telling me that that was the first package you did blows my mind even more because I thought it was terrific. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like I say, it might it might not have been, but I'm pretty sure it was like the first one because I just remember like, you know, the whole process so vividly. I remember sitting there and, and opening the application and being like, it was all a foreign language to me. And... You know, I had to sit there and figure out the hotkeys and figure out how to how to edit. And yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was one of them because that, that's the memory that sticks in my head. But yeah, I thought you did a, <laughs> a terrific job. And Cassidy, you took to that so quickly. Like I was so impressed with uh, your your natural instincts for storytelling on video, like knowing what sound bites and what Nat sounds best tell the story in that moment. Uh, but you were always so coachable as well. If I could speak as an advisor for a moment, like you took yeah. you took feedback so well, you applied it immediately to your next stories. And I think we knew even way back when that you were going to go places. So it, it makes me so Aww. proud to see where you are right now. Oh, thank you, Stephen. That's so sweet. So what's next for you? Uh, we're going into the summer. Obviously, we've got, you know, I'm imagining baseball season going on over there. What is coming up next for you uh, at 13 News and what are you preparing for this summer? Yeah, well, uh, like I said, you know, um, we so our high school football out here is a big, big, big deal. And so right now we're really preparing for that. We have games starting in August. Um and I know it sounds like, what, that's two months away, but it goes by like that. And we have, uh, you know, segments that we, we need to sell for advertising and stuff like that. Um, and we got to plan out the show. It's a 30 minute show that we do. Um, and I have to plan it all out. You know, we do segments like word of the week and game of the week, play of the week, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're working on that right now. Um, also because of COVID, our spring sports actually got pushed back for high school. So even though uh, they're out of school right now, we're literally in the peak of postseason baseball and softball right now. So on Monday is actually regional play. It starts off uh, regional tournament play. And then the winners next week will play each other in the state tournament, which is the following week. And that is huge. We play it at our professional uh, baseball, the ballpark here in a, in the capital city and um yeah we'll uh we'll be very very busy that week and then i'm actually <laughs> gonna do so racing is a really big sport out here people love motor speedways and like you know car racing now i am not very knowledgeable about car racing and so i'm very excited to dive in and learn what I can about the sport. And so we're just kind of dedicating the month of July to race month. So, um, you know, yesterday, like I mentioned, I was down in a Jackson County out of dirt racetrack, uh, 
riding in some in some sport mods and stuff so uh that was a lot of fun and then you know um i'm actually able to go home i'm gonna go home for a week because i haven't been home in a year and a half so <laughs> i'm gonna go home uh, at the end of june and then when i get back july 5th yeah every weekend i'm just gonna be at a at a racetrack so i'm excited well that's great well grab some gopros get them in the car and get that first yeah, person perspective yeah definitely <laughs> Yeah, they're letting me drive one next time. I was like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know if you realize what you're saying. <laughs> Just take it for a spin, you know? Just see what happens. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, Cassidy, thank you so much uh, for taking time to join us here on the podcast. Uh, if people want to follow your work or follow you on social media, where do they go? Yeah, for sure. So uh, on Twitter, it's just at Cassidy Wood TV. And then... Um, yeah, you can go to www.tv.com and just if you hit the sports tab, nine times out of ten, the story you click on is going to be mine. So, <laughs> Right on. Cassidy, yeah. I'm so proud of the work you're doing and where you're going right now. Um, keep up the awesome work. Keep kicking ass. And uh, thanks so much again for joining me on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stephen. And if you'd like to know more about Orange Media Network, go to orangemedianetwork.com. We will see you next time on the OMN Alumni Podcast.